0: From Talk 910, KNEW, San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life, this is Rob Black.
1: It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What is today? Tuesday? Does that sound right? Tuesday, October 6th. This is a show about finances. This is a show about retirement. This is a show getting you to retirement, trying to cut down on some of your financial mistakes. I've prepared a pretty good show for you on just that issue. Some of it's going to talk about Wall Street. Some of it's going to talk about personal finance issues. In this hour, in fact, in about 120 seconds, in theory, Glenn Beck's going to be calling in. Glenn Beck, author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Christmas Sweeter. Or is that The Christmas Sweater? Ah, The Christmas Sweater. <laughs> and an inconvenient book uh, He's also the author of The Real America Publisher of Fusion Magazine Host of a TV show on Fox Nationally syndicated radio show He's the third most listened to show in America Interesting stuff Let's talk about Wall Street first and foremost And let's see if he's going to call it Because so, that's what we're counting on um, Let's see Oh, That's yesterday's notes That's no good get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. The S&P 500 declined 4.1% over the last two weeks. Its week showing naturally has invited cat calls, suggesting the big correction everyone has been waiting for was at hand. There's two words for those calls. You know, rough, rough. Uh, market's just not correcting. The cat calls have been silenced for the time being. Yesterday, we had a 1.49% gain in the market. Just when you think it makes sense that things are going to fall apart, they don't. Commodities surge today, driving stock market higher. Commodities are surging today in large part because of a weaker dollar. So let's continue playing out this market commentary. The reported impetus on a bullish bias. It's probably the Reserve Bank of Australia's decision this morning to raise interest rates. They're gonna raise the lending rate 25 basis points to 3.25%. Now, what's that mean? Why do we care about the Bank of Australia in the United States? Well, ultimately what it means is Australia's saying, look, we gotta start thinking about inflation down the rate. We gotta start lifting some of the easing that we've done. We no longer think the market's in critical condition. It's improving. We no longer think the economy's in critical condition, it's improving. So, Australia's interest rate, 3.25%. Now, our interest rate, one quarter of 1% or lower. It's pretty crazy, right? So, we're a lot more stimulative than Australia's. Australia's got a lot more things going for it than we do. they got a balanced budget. They've got Asia right in their backyard. Now, ultimately, what we got is it's clear that there's a psychological bid in the market, symbolism of the first rate hike, It's trumping any negative considerations out there. That symbolism shines through in the fact that most equity markets around the globe gained at least 1% on the news. that Bank of Australia raised interest rates. It's true. It's a good thing. It really is. The sticking point, though, is the equity market's been extra busy discounting that view already. We know that a good economy is down the road. The view that the recovery road ahead will be a smooth one. Ironically, New York Fed President Dudley said in a speech last night that an anemic recovery in the United States means rates will likely remain low for a very, very long period of time. Now, the view is a little bit incongruent with the excitement of the rate hike over in Australia. Now, Australia's got a GDP on an annualized basis that isn't 10 percent the size of the GDP in the United States. So Australia's economy just isn't that important. But they're raising rates and there's a symbolism there and the world's partying and saying, good thing, the world's coming out of its recession. But on the other hand, and this is why Will Rogers, he's one of those famous Americans who sits around on park benches and says wise things. This is why Will Rogers all once said, I'd like to meet a one-handed economist. Because on one hand, Australia, one-tenth the size of the United States economy, is raising rates and saying things are getting better. Symbolically, they're saying things are getting better. On the other hand... A Fed Reserve Governor, President Dudley, said last night in a speech that the anemic recovery in the United States means that interest rates can remain for low for a long period of time. Interesting to note, J.P. Morgan's out there today, and they're saying that the United States may take until 2013 to recover lost jobs in the recession. I think 2013, 2015 is the right time frame before we start recovering jobs. It's not going to be instantaneous. Let's go to Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck, you're on the air. How are you?
2: Good. How are you? Good. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller.
1: You are not a long-time listener. <laughs> I just thought I'd say that. I... That's funny, because I've been doing this for 15 years, and you were about to make my day. <laughs> I've, I've got an ego that needs stroking. You are fantastic.
2: I listen every day. I tell all my friends, you are the best.
1: I'm cutting that up and putting that I know, in a promo. I know. So, um... anyway, Mr. Beck, uh, you are... You're kind of a renaissance man. You're, you do TV, you do radio, you do theater, you do books. What are you working on right now?
2: Um, I actually, believe it or not, just uh, refilled my paint trays um, here in the uh, studio because I'm working on uh, several different art projects as well.
1: Are you really a painter as well? I really am. Do you like to paint with oil or acrylic?
2: Uh, both. I just um, I just finished uh, a piece um, on George Washington that I'm actually selling for charity here soon, um, uh, and uh, that one was oil. I normally paint in oil, but I've just done another uh, piece on uh, capitalism and um, and also on my uh, something for my studio. But I think I'm gonna. I think we're going to make them into um, T-shirts. They're really cool. It's the first kind of modern art thing that I've done. They're uh, very graphic, and they're in acrylics. And it's a question with boldness, uh, hold to the truth, and speak without fear. But I did it in graphics in three separate panels, and I I put them up in my studio. But uh, they're really cool. Well,
1: that's kind of fun and innovative of you. Um,
2: I I do that in my spare time from 2.30 a.m. to Two forty-five.
1: You don't have a lot of spare time. You're on you're on media <laughs> <I don't>. everywhere.
2: <laughs> my wife said to me, "Honey, you need a hobby," and so I started painting again. And, uh, and I started painting, and I'm like painting like at one o'clock in the morning. And she's like, "What, you, honey? Go to bed." And I'm like, "You're the one who told me to have a hobby.
1: This is the only time I have." Now you're on the air here in the San Francisco Bay Area from twelve to three. Um, yeah. You're very popular. You're you're polarizing. I've asked emails. I've asked my listeners for emails to question you. And people love you or hate you. I know. Why are you such a polarizing figure, and why why not a middle of the road?
2: Um, well, because I'm not wishy washy on things. Um, uh, I find it really fascinating that I'm I, I'm not a. Political hack. I don't really care what party it is. I mean, I'm uh, right now. The Republicans are out to destroy me. Um, Lindsey Graham is is going after me. All these people going after me. Why? Because I say, don't vote for the Republicans. If you find a good Republican of character, which keep looking for one. If you find one, let me know. Vote for him. If you find one uh, that's a Democrat, person of character. Keep looking when you find one. Let me know. Um, vote for those guys. Otherwise, stop with the parties. We, you know, since when has the guy who's the whistleblower, since when's the guy who is, you know, I, I saw Norma Ray the one who's standing against the whole machine, since when are they the villain? Since when is the guy who will walk out in the street to protect his town and take on the guy with the black hat because nobody else will. Since when is that the bad guy in America? I, I find it
1: fascinating. Well, I think it probably has to do with media, and we live in sound bites. And you were on Good Morning, one of the Good Morning shows, and the sound bite of you accusing Obama of being a racist. If you don't get the context, it's it's. Sure, it's the
2: same thing as the context with me saying that um, uh, John McCain would be better than Barack Obama. It's a great soundbite, but if you want to take and listen to the logic behind it and then approach things with an open mind and say, okay, now wait a minute, I'm not going to be a slave to um, a party or an agenda – I'm going to stick to the truth. And no matter where that truth takes me is where I'll stand. That's what we need to get back to in America. Look, you may not agree with my uh, with my logic. Um, so far, nobody in the administration uh, has disagreed with any of my facts on what I'm saying. That's pretty significant. Argue the facts. You may not agree with... You know, you may think communism is neat. That's great. I don't. But let's look at the facts here. If America decides that she wants to have, um, you know, Van Jones be the guy who is creating jobs, an avowed radical communist, I mean, nobody knows that better than San Francisco. If that's the guy you want, that's fine, just no – let's not put him in in the cover of darkness. Let's not uh, accept as a society somebody who says, I'll get rid of the radical pose in favor of the radical ends. That's Van Jones. That's not American. If you want to put him in, good. Then let's be open and honest about it and do it in the light of day. Nobody has – at least I don't. I don't have a problem losing an election if I fight it the best I can, and the other side fights it the best they can, and you know they happen to win because they played fairly, told the people the truth, and won, God bless America, I'm in the minority. But when somebody is lying to you, and it's not just Obama or this administration, it was also George W. Bush and the Republicans. Our country is at stake. It is corrupt. The country is corrupt in big businesses. The um, government is corrupt. We must clean out the corruption before we can do anything else.
1: Now, in your opinion, Mr. Beck, and you're the author of the book. You,
2: by the way, can call me me Glenn.
1: No, no, no chance. No chance. I'm I'm afraid of you in a good way. (laughs) I respect you. You hate me. No, I don't. Not in the least. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, he, well, here is where I am going to go, and this this will tell you everything that you need to know about me. You are author of "Arguing with Idiots: How to Stop Small Minds and Big Government." I don't. I like gridlock. I liked that second term, uh, the midterm election during Clinton, where the Republicans took Congress and you had a Democrat president. I like yeah. gridlock. Are you a third party person? Are you a gridlock person? Where no, would where would you person. where would you like to see the country go?
2: I'd like to see the country go back into the hands of people and not corporations. I'd like the country to go back into the hands of individuals and not unions. I'd like to see the country go back into the hands, and it hasn't been there in almost a hundred years, out of the hands of the government and back into the hands of our towns and our communities. Let people make the decisions that 's not what we 're doing here, and i i don 't understand it because because Democrats were screaming about uh, George Bush being in bed with big government i mean uh, with uh, with big business. I was with them, they were screaming about corruption, I was with them, they were screaming about uh the war. I was with them if you 're going to fight the war fight it to win or bring them home. It's immoral to allow people to die in our name or to kill people in our name unless you do it and do it right as fast as you possibly can and end the suffering. But now where are they? Where are those people that were against it when George Bush was doing it? And now they're suddenly rabid supporters of many of the same policies and sometimes even worse Jeez, where are the people? You talk about government in bed with Halliburton. Let's look at the General Electric Corporation. Just that one alone should make the hair on your head fall out. What are they doing? Where are the people that are against this this giant state? And here's where it's really bad. If Obama um, continues to go down this road and we somehow or another last uh, because of the out-of-control spending – which I was with the Democrats when they were saying it against George W. Bush, Um, if we somehow or another survive this spending and a Republican gets in, now you've just built this gigantic state um, apparatus that are in the hands of people you don't agree with. The answer is no giant state apparatus. What are we doing
1: I hear you. Now, Glenn, i got to catch you off because we have to get a break, and I was told 10 minutes only with Glenn, but Uh-oh. will you come back in on another date?
2: Uh, yeah. Can I? Do we have time? Do we have any more time here, Kevin, or not? Oh, I've only got four minutes. Yes, I'd love to come back again. Okay, yeah. We tell can... me when, and I'd love to.
1: And absolutely, and bring your uh, platform and bring your uh, soapbox and uh, tell <laughs> us what you think because I think we're a nation that uh, at times we we go with the flow a little bit too easily.
2: Yeah, We. you know what? It's good to feel uncomfortable. It's good to be challenged. I'm challenged every day. Most conservatives are challenged every day. It's good. It makes us stronger.
1: I I appreciate it, and it's, it's damn entertaining to listen to you. Thanks, man. So it's Glenn Beck, his off, author of the new book, Arguing with Idiots, How to Stop Small Minds and Big Government. He's on this station every day from 12 to 3, noon to 3, right after my show. It's okay to have an opinion. Whether you like it or not, it's okay to have an opinion. 800 345 5639. It's 800 345 5639. Again, the book is Arguing with Idiots How to Stop Small Minds and Big Government. Throughout Black Show, give me some feedback. 800 345 5639. show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You don't have to be shy in any way, shape, or form. Pick up the phone and give me a call, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Now, a couple things that are going on. I just talked with Glenn Beck, who went out of his way to say that, you know, he's a whistleblower. He's the guy, you know, in the corner, you know, yelling at the politicians. He's the guy saying, hey, point this out, point this out, point that out. I'm a little bit different. I just don't like politicians. So I'm going to go as far as to say I'm tired of yelling at them. I'm frustrated with it. I'm beyond it. I wish we can vote them all out. I wish we could change the system we have. I wish we can go to an Australian system where there's more than two types of candidates. There's candidates for young people. There's candidates for gay people. There's candidates for old people. There's candidates for uh, tree huggers. There's candidates for capitalists. There's different types of candidates. And you don't paint yourself into being a Republican or Democrat. I think that's almost silly. I think it's almost silly to say that you're one of two things. In a nation that we don't really appreciate oddity. In Canada, if you wear a goofy skirt and an odd scarf and a weird toque, an odd little cap on your head. You're appreciated. In the United States, you're a freak. We're too vanilla. We're too plain plain milk toast. We're. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I hate them all. I haven't liked them for a long period of time. I tend to think that our federal government has gotten way too big. Whether it's the Department of Education or, you know, who can we give a handout to today? I think that's more of a state issue. When I was in college, I took a class on welfare. And uh, it was an interesting class. And what I ultimately learned, and I was the only student to get an A because the professor was impressed with what I learned. We had to give a speech at the end of the seminar or at the end of the class. And we had to, uh, you know, take a stand. And we had to say, you know, this welfare system is better than that welfare system. We had to say that one was better than the other. And, you know, what I learned then was that there's no right answers. That the poor people in West Virginia are different than the poor people in Southern California. The poor people in Stockton are different than the poor people in Montana. It's, there's no right answers. And what puts people in welfare, it's a state issue. It's not a, not a federal issue. And to think that we can solve problems federally, to me, is a bit inane at times. So I wish states had more power and federal government had less power. I'd like the government to do what they do. The CIA, the FBI, those are good things. United States Army, that's another good thing. I don't know if they necessarily need to have a Department of Education. Department of Education has doubled in size in the last six years. And yet our education scores continue to get worse and worse on a nation, nation level. That's embarrassing. It's changed focuses to California ever so quickly and ever so briefly. This is interesting. And if you want to get your calls on, if you agree disagree with me, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. And if you want to comment on Glenn Beck, Love them or hate them. 800-345-5639. Unfortunately, I wanted to ask him another question, but the man has motor. The guy can talk. I wanted to ask him what his favorite sources are. That's one of my favorite questions that I ask people. What do you do? What do you read? In large part, I think you can learn a lot about people. One point in my life, I was waiting tables, and uh, I was in college waiting tables, and there was the smartest guy in in the, the place. I said, what's your favorite book? And uh, he said, Robertson Davies, The the Depth Third Trilogy. And it's ultimately three books. And it it became my favorite book because I had the guts to ask someone, what should I be reading? What do you like? And again, I went to the smartest person. And uh, Robertson Davies, he kind of looks like Santa Claus. He's dead now. But uh, his writing is incredibly painfully slow. It's incredibly painfully slow. But the premise of The Depth Third Trilogy was a fantastic one. It was... The first book starts with uh, two kids playing, and they're playing in the snow, and one kid puts a rock in a snowball and throws it at the other kid. And that kid ducks, and that snowball hits a pregnant woman, and seven months pregnant, out comes her premature baby. The book is about the kid who ducked. It's about—the second book is about the kid who threw it, and the third book is about the kid who came out early and how their lives all slowly intertwine. And it's Canadian, so it's incredibly, incredibly slow. But, you know, they all went to a certain magic show at one point in time, and they all had a certain World War II story. Um, it was a pretty interesting weave, so to speak. Anyway, you get smart in this world by asking people who are smart what they read. Okay, I was getting back to California. California hotel foreclosures, triple. Hotel foreclosures, that's not something you're thinking about, is it? You know about the person in Stockton who boom shack a straight out of Stockton. Um, you know that person who bought a house and is upside down, and, and they, they're getting foreclosed. But hotels... Hotel foreclosures in California have more than tripled in the first nine months of the year as business travelers and vacationers cut spending. Foreclosures include the 400-room St. Regis Monarch Beach Resort at Dana Point. Um, California-based properties in default have quadrupled to 259 as far as hotels go, declining occupancy rates and a dearth of credit for refinancing obtained during the U.S. real estate boom or squeezing the travel industry. I got another story on the travel industry. Big airlines are actually raising prices now in large part because they can. The smaller airlines and the private airlines, they're going out of business because they, too, can't get access to cash to refinance their fleet. Airplane's expensive. It's not cheap. You finance it. You pay the payments as you go along with the cash flow from the business. And right now, you can't refinance it. Urban areas are back to the hotels real quick. Urban areas are dependent on a mix of business, convention, and leisure travel, and there's just been a tremendous decline in business and conventions, and I think that's going to continue. Um, We said that after 2001, 9-11, that conventions are maybe a thing of the past. They came back, but now more and more so, corporations are thinking bottom line, and they're cutting, and they're cutting as much as they can, and if they can cut business travel, they do. Business travel ain't cheap. Business travel is usually booked sometimes last minute, so that's expensive, Business travel has a pretty good hotel involved. Meals are comped. But now more video conferencing is coming online. And speaking of that, there's a technology out there tied towards video conferencing, uh, video chat. You're starting to see a resurgence of interest in this from Yahoo. Yahoo wants to get the video chat down. More and more computers are now sold with an installed webcam. And uh, you're starting to get to the point where the technology is pretty good. You no longer look like a monkey, you know, a monkey chewing gum. Did you ever see Lancelot Link, Link, secret chip? Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my my childhood. Go Google it. Go YouTube it. It had these monkeys, and they were spies, and it was a real TV show. And they wore clothes, and uh, it was kind of like a Get Smart. It was kind of Get Smart, but with monkeys, not with real people. And they'd put chewing gum in their mouths, and they would you know dub over voices on them. That's what video chat has kind of been like. Video chat is now a little bit different. How did I get into video chat when I'm talking about lodging? Oh, yeah, people aren't going uh, to business conventions anymore. Lodging owners are struggling after adding rooms and properties from 2004 to 2007 when financing and interest rates were incredibly cheap. See, Greenspan lowered interest rates after 2001 because we wanted to battle the terrorism by having capitalism win. So we lowered rates and we lowered rates and we lowered rates. And then you started getting a house that you shouldn't have gotten. And hotels started expanding that they shouldn't have done. So they've added rooms and properties from 2004-2007. About $83.4 billion in hotel-backed securities were issued during those years. Seeing higher default in L.A. County and San Diego County because of the sheer volume of hotels. A lot of new products have been added in those counties. Riverside, California, outside of L.A., had nine hotels in foreclosure through September. Another 28 L.A. hotels are in default. Occupancies dropped to 65%. Pretty good time to be trying to book a hotel. If you, if you have the money, pretty good time. You have the power. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If you want to continue to hear me ramble on, that's fine. You want to call in. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I thought after getting Glenn Beck on that the phones would light up with the love him or hate him angle. Because according to your emails, you love him or you hate him. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Jen in the peninsula. Hello, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good. I just saw in Bloomberg this
2: morning um, a trailer, you know, across the screen. It said... Reverse mortgages may
1: trigger the next crisis. I was wondering if you could expand on that. Yeah, I went to my uh trusted Bloomberg terminal and that's one of the places that I get information on. Just so you know, it's about $1,000 a month to get Bloomberg dialed in on a, you know, a high-speed line. Um, but it's worth it to me. You know, I I don't mind spending 12,000 a year to get some of the best financial information. Now, you watch Bloomberg television? Yes, I do. I kind of hop between that and CNBC. CNBC you can give up on well that's how i feel yeah like bloomberg good good guess cnbc just it feels a little bit too much um well i I can be honest with you i was on cnbc i've been on probably about 15 times i haven't gone on in five plus years because i got to the point where they wanted too much titillation they wanted too much controversy um they almost wanted you to to argue with each other and i thought that was kind of inane now as far as the bloomberg article do you have a reverse mortgage no, but I was considering it to free up some equity in my house to make some uh, renovations. Okay. Well, I'll throw out what the article basically said. And- well, it's not an article. It's just been flashing on the screen along with, like, about the hotels, you know, going into sure. foreclosure. Yeah. Well, actually, it is an article. It was written by Alexis Leondis, And if I remember everything about it, basically what it was saying is that reverse mortgages could be the next subprime. Reverse mortgages may be the next subprime crisis. Some of the same U.S. lenders that helped drive the real estate boom with loans to buy homes who couldn't afford the payments to the people, brokers who are given financial incentives to sell the loans, they may be making misleading claims to potential customers, uh, according to Subprime revisited. Now, the market is designed to serve seniors, so when you find abuses cropping up and migrating from the subprime market to the senior market, it sounds especially loud warning bell to people. And thanks for the call. Reverse mortgages ultimately enable people who are 62 and over to look for extra cash and tap into their house. You hear me talk about it. There's a commercial, Maggie O'Connell, reversemortgagestore.com. Um, and if you're 62 or over, you can. if you're house rich and cash poor, it's an ideal way, not an ideal way. It's a way to start tapping into the equity. You can get a lump sum. You can get a periodic check. You can get a line of credit. You can get a combination of the three. Lenders are repaid from the sale of the home when the borrowers die or when they move. Now, the former maximum payout for reverse mortgages backed by the FHA, which is the Federal Housing Administration, it was four hundred seventeen thousand. Now, in February of this year, it was increased to six twenty-five, six hundred twenty-five thousand. Now, origination fees are capped at six thousand dollars, so they make money. In 2008, more than 100,000 seniors used reverse mortgages to tap $17 billion in home equity. Now, here's where the article took it. It was that these things can be good things for certain people, but there's some pitfalls. There should be a little bit more transparency, and there should be a little bit more consumer protection. Now, there's a senator, Claire McCaskill, and I don't know where Claire McCaskill is out of. Um, Missouri, Missouri. Uh, They did a government report. And Claire McCaskill came out and said that some lenders are falsely marketing reverse mortgages as lifetime income. So it's in the marketing and they sell the mortgages coupled with other financial products such as annuities, even though Congress banned so-called cross-selling. What that means is Congress banned cross-selling in 2008. And there's a guy out there who tells you, take out a loan on your home and buy an annuity. Why does he say that? Because he's an annuity salesperson. And he wants to get as much money into that annuity transaction as possible. This guy is actually a best-selling author because you people out there are so stupid, you're looking for easy solutions. So you don't realize you just gave that guy 9% of the value of your home by doing that. Same thing can happen with reverse mortgages where the reverse mortgage person could say, you know, hey, now that you're you're basically going to get a payout on your home, on the equity in your home. They could say, why didn't you take $200,000 out and buy this annuity and cross-selling? I find cross-selling to be vile. Now, that's why I don't like insurance people selling investment products, because I think it's a cross-sell. And I think that's where you get into a lot of trouble. So Claremont McCaskill ultimately recommended enhancing borrower counseling prior to taking out a loan and holding lenders and brokers to a suitability standard. Now, criticism of reverse mortgage industry, they don't take into account recent safeguards enhancements, such as capped fees and mandatory counseling. Risks that contributed to the collapse of the subprime mortgage market also are concerned in the sale of reverse mortgages. You know, these are complex products, and they have the potential to result in skewed incentives. Um, I don't think it's an issue, and I don't think it's the next subprime disaster. I will say that you have to be careful. Um, I'm very careful on who I endorse, for instance, I do endorse Maggie O'Connell. I've never heard a negative word about her, and I've known her for eight-plus years. I do endorse someone you've never heard on this radio show, Michelle McGill. She's an attorney who helps people you know, get out of their homes, their foreclosures, uh, do short sales, uh, negotiate modifications. You won't hear me endorse any other modification person because so far, out of everyone I've found, she's the best. I put my name in front of people that I believe in and no one else. So, for instance, I got an email yesterday from someone who says, hey, can you send me some of the clients that you probably get from radio? People are looking for financial planners. I'm like, tell me about yourself. And I'll take a look into him, and I'll look at his ADV. I'll make sure that he's got a legal, you know, situation. And if he's ever been charged with anything, if he's ever ripped anyone off, if he's ever gone to court, I'll stay on top of the guy. Um, I'm not going to send anyone to him yet because I don't know him. I'd have to get to know him. So, anyway, I don't think this reverse mortgage story is as titillating as it sounds. Uh, But when you do get a reverse mortgage, you're going to be counseled on it. You're going to be, you know, you're going to get a lot of information on it. And it's important that you take that stuff seriously. So same thing with subprime loans. Uh, The reason we got into the real estate, not the reason, but one of the reasons was interest rates were so low. And then some some slimy mortgage brokers, they got into the business and they figured out, hey, you know, most of America owns a house. How can we get another three percent of America to own a house? And they went after people who shouldn't have owned a home. And what they did was they offered them uh, adjustable rate mortgages, arms. They offered them teaser rates, 2% for the first three years. And at that time, real estate was going through the roof. Part of the reason it was going through the roof is we were getting poor people to buy homes. And they were buying the homes from the medium uh, wealth people. And the medium wealth people were buying the homes from the wealthy people. And the wealthy people were buying second homes in Tahoe and Hawaii. So it kind of fed into the whole system if we can get that subprime, that low-income person into a home. If you make $40,000 a year, you shouldn't buy a home. That's the situation. And we got kind of high, and we kind of got you know drugged up, and we kind of got crazy. So I don't think reverse mortgages are going to be the next subprime. I don't see it. I do say buyer beware on everything that you buy in your life. And uh, one of the reasons I, for instance, uh, we're just talking about subprime loans and people I trust. One of the people I trust is Tony Mendez over at Bay because he actually gets to know you. And if he has a financial planning issue, and trust me, when you're buying a home, it's a financial planning issue. He calls me and says, these people make X amount of money. They got X amount saved. They got a good 401k. Do you feel comfortable with them putting 20% down? He'll actually run that by me. He'll run your financial planning scenarios by me. And I like that. I think that's really critically important because a mortgage is a huge... Huge IOU. When you're getting a $600,000 mortgage, you know, you're giving an IOU to the bank for 30 years of $800,000, $900,000. It ain't cheap. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to bring on, bring it on. I'll talk anything financial with you. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
0: She take my money. Well,
1: I'm in need. Yes, it's a trifling friend indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over town, that digs on me.
2: Uh-huh. me now nah, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke. Bro. Now nah, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke.
1: It's a tough song to talk over, because it's kind of one of those just delicious little things that you enjoy. It's a fun song. It's a good pop song, right? Anyone who doesn't think this is a good pop song, come on. Anyway, um, let's talk about some of the the big issues out there. Let's talk about the pressing issues. Let's talk about what's important to you. Kate Gosselin. Rumors are true. The strange tubby John Gosselin cleaned out all but $1,000 from their joint bank account, leaving her and her eight kids broke and destroying any last shred of sympathy the public might have had for him. She said he took $230,000 of the $231,000 that we have liquid. I have a stack of bills in my purse I can't drop in the mail. She said that on the Today Show, unless you forget, given the family's many freebies and perks from their popular reality show, raising eight kids actually cost a ton of money. Quote, we were in a position after our six tablets were born that we could not pay our bills. Presumably, the show income has dried up now that John forced production to a halt. The kids were being traumatized. But Kate insists that when she informed them there would be no more filming times eight, there was wailing and sobbing. Kate also revealed that she finally stopped wearing her wedding ring, so that means she's ready to move on so men there's a desperate Kate Goslin who's got no money out there. Women, what's this teach you? Holy mackerel, when it comes to divorce and when it comes to separation, it's kind of interesting. People panic and people make huge mistakes and they they go out and clean out bank accounts. I had an ex once uh you know take five thousand dollars out of our joint account, and I was like, oh. That was pretty dramatic, huh? Story ends with her becoming a Craigslist prostitute, so I turned out okay. Um, but with that said, people make some huge mistakes, and I guess uh, that's, that's advice to people. You know, as soon as you start fighting, as soon as it looks troublesome, freeze the account. Freeze the credit accounts. You know, she's lucky right now, or she will be lucky if he doesn't go out and run up credit cards. You know, get into tummy tuck here and going on, on vacation with a, a little senorita there. And just put it on the joint family account. So you got to protect yourselves in any way, shape, or form. So let's take a look at the horoscopes. I'm a Libra. My birthday is coming up. My birthday is coming up. Heidi's a Libra. Jen's a Libra. All three of us in the studio are Libras. Um, a run in with an authority figure could leave you soul searching. Uh oh. Was this a chance event that you can brush off or signal that you need a time to adjust your strategy? I don't really believe in horoscopes in any way, shape, or form. And my opinion is, if you believe in horoscopes, you are a weak-minded, pathetic individual who probably needs to be spoon-fed your, your philosophies and politics in life. But I'm not judging you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Interesting to note, where are we at in America? We got a lot of anger. Oh, 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 I got to tease something. Next hour. I'm going to have Aaron Patzer from Mint.com on. Aaron's going to be joining me live in studio. He's one of the recent billionaires in the Bay Area after he sold his company to Intuit. I'll ask him how things have changed. Does a billion dollars make your life different? And on Friday, we're going to talk to Dan Rusinowski from San Jose Sharks. I'm very excited by this. The first one's going to be us waxing poetic about hockey. Second episode, the following Friday, is going to be so unique and so different, it's going to blow your mind. So this Friday, you don't have to listen to, to him at 1115. But the following Friday, you do. Because it's going to blow your mind what we're going to introduce. We're going to introduce a Twist on the Raw Black Show that's never been introduced. Ooh, that's a good tease. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Where are we at in America? Oh, and by the way, I love hockey. I grew up listening to radio. It's one of the reasons I'm doing this job right now. I love it. I find it an, a medium for intelligence. I find it a medium for debate. I find it wonderful. TV, I do TV, and I hate TV. I can't stand TV. You get to talk for 15 seconds and you're done. You get to say, "Here's what people should do," and by the time you're done saying it, it, it it's over. You don't get a chance to expound. You don't get a chance to stretch. And that's where the, the beauty of radio is. And anyway, I'm going to be talking to Dan Rusanowsky, and he did a great call on the San Jose Sharks a couple of years ago when they beat Calgary in the playoffs. Uh, he just started screaming, "He scored! He scored!" He scored, and it was just fantastic because that lasted 30 seconds, and I just did it in five seconds. How do you do that? That's the magic of radio, and radio does have a certain magic to it. Anyway, let's talk about where we are in America. September firearm background checks up 12.4% year over year. Black man becomes president, America wants guns. That's where we are as a nation. Only up 1.7% month to month, though. Versus a 10.6% historical average. So people are confident right now that firearms growth projections have assumed firearms growth slows starting November. People don't buy guns during the holidays. I know it's a perfect gift, but people don't go out and say, honey, I got you in a nine millimeter, <laughs> I got you an Uzi. So firearms backlog in place of uh, combined 10.5 million in revenue. So Americans are still buying guns pretty aggressively and you could buy smith and wesson if you really want to as an investment i bring that up in large part to teach you that you know cisco sells routers and switches and cisco sells video conference and equipment that helps sell more routers and more switches and that's the product and smith and wesson sells guns that's the product so the dollar today is sliding and that's sending commodities higher now there's a british newspaper called the independent it's an okay read Again, I like the Financial Times a little bit more. I like the Wall Street Journal a little bit more. I like the New York Times. New York Times, I think, is the best newspaper in the world. But the dollar today, according to the Independent, um, secret meetings are taking place amongst Arab states, China, Russia, Japan, and France, to end dollar dealings for oil and move to a basket of currencies, including the euro, the yen, and the Chinese yuan. Interesting. What will that mean to us? It's not going to happen anytime soon, so let's not panic. Fed Governor Dudley is out there today saying that a soft economy warrants low rates. Now again, Australia raises interest rates, which is implying their economy is picking up because they're trying to fight inflation. You raise interest rates to make money more expensive, to make people slow down their financial decisions, to stop speculation. Now again, at 3.25%, that's already a pretty low rate, so the United States, we're at a quarter of 1%. We need to start raising rates or have a plan to start raising rates at some point in time, but uh, we're getting mixed messages. Now, Fed Governor Dudley says a tepid economic recovery should allow the Federal Reserve to keep interest rates at rock bottom lows for a prolonged period of time. Because the United States economy faces a lot of headwinds, including an anemic labor market, fragile banking system. Inflation will not become a problem for the foreseeable future. I agree. I don't think you should own Treasury Inflation and protected securities at this point in time. I don't think you should own TIPS. I don't think you should play Massive inflation. I think you should play an anemic 1-2% to GDP in the United States, 2-4% to GDP in other countries, and that's where I think a lot of your focus should be, in Asia. I have no problem with that in any way, shape, or form. The U.S. economy faces a lot of headwinds. So, and when that changes, you'll hear me talk about it. Get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Interesting article today on how you can become a millionaire by acting like a millionaire. I think sometimes those articles are a little bit too, I don't know, I'd say almost nice. Uh, but, you know, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, the personal savings rate for Americans is somewhere between 1% and 4%. We've got a nonchalance about the savings rate. You have to save, get this, you want to retire a millionaire? 10 to 15% of your salary. You have to save 10 to 15% of your salary. You can't be spending it. You can't do it later in life. You got to do it now. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black coming up next hour. I have Aaron Patrick coming in studio from mint.com. We'll talk about budgeting, other issues along those lines. It's the Rob Black Show, 800 345 5639. I'm Rob Black.